Good morning, Real Life family and friends. Pastor Tim with you today, starting a new series called Living by Faith. We are called to live by faith. Lord, as we start today out this message, we just pray that you would speak to us by your spirit and you would quicken in us your will. Help us to see what you see. Help us to live by faith. Help us not to live by emotions or feelings or anything else. But Lord, let faith arise today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start a new series today, as I mentioned, Living by Faith. A lot of people live by something else. You know, a lot of people live by their emotions or their feelings. Some people live by their intuition or their senses. Uh, a lot of people live just by their circumstances. They're happy when things are good. They're sad when things are bad. And then some people just live by the seat of their pants and just make it up as they go. You know, but this really produces a roller coaster life. You know, a lot of ups and downs and quick turns and twists and a sudden stop at the end and it seems like you didn't get anywhere, you know? <laughs> but the Bible tells us as people of faith to live by faith. And so that's what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks is what does it look like to live by faith and to access the promises of God and to live a different life, right? Not just a life of chaos that we see all around us that many people who don't know God are, are uh, just kind of uh, stuck in, but a, a life of faith, a purpose, of fruitfulness that comes from living by faith. And so when you live by faith, you see differently. You speak differently. You think differently. And you act differently. And you get different results. And so Romans 1.17 says, The righteous will live by faith. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. So I want to talk about today that faith sees differently. That's the topic today, that faith sees differently. We actually see differently when we're living by faith. And so what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 is kind of the, uh, the biblical definition that we like to use here for describing faith. And it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we're hoping for and certain of what we do not see. And yet my message today is that faith sees. <laughs> so it's kind of a, uh, an ironic title here when I'm reading a verse that says we don't see. Faith is something that we don't see, and yet I'm saying faith is seen. <laughs> so let me explain it. What we're talking about here is faith is something that you're certain of, even though you don't see it with your natural eyes. But you do see it with a different set of eyes, and those are our spiritual eyes. Our spiritual eyes. Now, faith is seen with our spiritual eyes. We're seeing not naturally, but supernaturally, right? Faith puts more weight or worth on God's promises than on what is temporarily being experienced that we see in the natural. We see all kinds of things, don't we? I mean, we see hurt, we see pain, we see uh, our checkbook, um, we, we see the doctor's report, you know, we see the weather, you know, we, we see uh, the, the state of our relationships, we see problems, yeah, we have problems, we see all that stuff, okay? But faith is seeing something beyond what is physically seen. It's seeing God's promises 
and God's preferred will for our life. So faith is choosing to believe the spiritual truths above and beyond the physical and temporary circumstances that we're surrounded by. Faith does not ignore or deny um, you know, the physical or temporary circumstances, but rather believes that a greater power, God's truth, a higher truth, is at work and will ultimately overcome uh, and become our new eternal reality, right? So, the, and Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4.18, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on the physical circumstances or the temporary realities around us, but on what is unseen. Unseen by the natural eye, but seen by the eyes of faith. And so that's the challenge of faith. And that's why I say faith sees differently. It's easy to see physically all the problems around us, but it's faith that sees something different in the midst of the circumstances in our lives. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was made out of what was... I'm sorry. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So this is a quality that only God possesses. God is able to create out of nothing. He created things um, that we see out of things that were not visible, right? Um, me, I'm creating stuff all the time, but I always have to go to Menards to get stuff, to make stuff. <laughs> Everything that we have here in our physical world is coming from something. We had to start with something to make something. But God didn't start with anything. God just created. That's a God quality. And so God is in a spiritual realm. The Bible says that God is a spirit. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on to say how he did that. And he did that by speaking. He didn't assemble some two-by-fours and get some shovels and saws and, you know, get some drywall stuff and start building things. He spoke into existence things that came into a temporary physical realm and he brought them out of nothing in a spiritual realm and made a physical realm. So, this is an important concept because God's the only one that can do this. And so who has the ultimate authority? The physical realm that we see and touch and experience or the spiritual realm from which all of us came from? Well, the answer is the spiritual realm has the authority because the physical realm came from the spiritual realm. God is spirit, but he made creation, right? He made this physical world. And so all the circumstances that surround us are contained in this physical, temporary, physical plane. But there's a higher plane that is with more authority, and that is the spiritual plane. And that's where faith resides. Faith is accessing the spiritual truths that are beyond this physical world and pulling those truths into the physical realm to have influence here on the earth. And so that's why Jesus said in, he, in his teaching on prayer, pray this way. And part of that prayer, he says, is, uh, Father, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in this physical plane as it is in heaven, in the spiritual plane. 
So what's true in the spiritual plane, Lord, may that now influence and become a reality here in the physical plane. So the authority, the ultimate authority, is in the spiritual plane. That's where faith, or uh, that's where faith uh, is. That's what we are seeing with our spiritual eyes, is we're seeing the spiritual truths, which are greater than the temporary physical truths. So um, the spirit comes before the physical. The spirit is a higher authority in our, in our life. The spirit outlasts the physical because the spirit is also eternal. The physical is temporary, right? Here's an example. Um, we talk about authority. If we have a student, okay, we have a student in school, let's say it's a ninth grade student, right? Uh, and there's authorities that are are ranked in this student's life. First of all, there's the teacher. So the teacher is an authority over the student. But there's a higher authority than the teacher, and that would be the principal of the school. Well, the principal is in authority over the teacher, which is a greater authority over the student. But the principal isn't the final authority. There's a superintendent. So now we have the superintendent, principal, teacher, student, and you can tell, hey, the, the higher up you go here, that person actually has authority over everything below. But there's one more authority above the superintendent, and that is mom. <laughs> it's mom. Mom, how many of you agree? Mom has the final authority over that student. Why? Because mom birthed that child, right? Mom gave birth to that child. And, uh, and I've heard some moms you know, jokingly say, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out of this world, right? So mom, we know moms, they have the ultimate authority over kids, right? Uh, and so this is my, 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 my uh, example is just to bring home the fact that we are looking at the things in this temporary realm. And oftentimes we give them too much authority in our lives because there's a greater authority over the spiritual realm or over the physical realm. And that is the spirit. The truths of God and his word are greater than the truths, the temporary truths that we are living by here on the earth. Why? Because this earth came from him. He's the creator. He made this, right? And so his truth is supreme and has ultimate authority. So when we access God's truth and apply it to our circumstances, faith believes that God's truth will prevail. God's truth, his word will prevail over the things of this world. Ultimately and in eternity, God's truth will prevail for you and for me. Whether we see it here or not with natural eyes, we will see it in eternity. And every one of God's promises will prevail for you and for me. That's faith. That gives us hope. That gives us encouragement. That gives us purpose. Uh, that gives us power. God's power, right? And so it's the same, just like with a, a mother and a child, that, that authority, it's the same with God and his creation. God is the authority. God created the universe from nothing. He spoke it into existence. The spiritual realm created the physical realm. The spiritual realm, God, has always existed, but not the physical realm. The physical realm came from the spiritual realm. The physical realm is subservient to the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is in authority over the physical realm. I keep saying the same thing over and over again in different ways if you haven't noticed because I'm trying to drill this into your head. 
that this is not the final say. Faith looks at things differently. Faith sees these eternal truths at work and places more worth and more value and more weight on what God says than anything else that anybody else says down here. Whether it's my circumstances or someone's report or someone, someone else telling me, uh, you know, God, what God says is greater, of greater worth and of greater authority. And so the physical realm is only going to last as long as the spiritual realm decides it's going to. And that's a sobering thought that God created this and, uh, and he can uncreate it. And he's going to. He's going to put an end to it. This is another quality that only God possesses. He has always existed. God was not created. God is the creator. God himself is the pre-existent one. And out of his character, which is love, he created a physical creation that is on a timeline. So God is not limited to this timeline. He stands outside of time. God created time, right? But creation is dictated by this timeline as long as God determines. And the timeline will run out. God has a timeline that he has put creation to. And even in our experience, we experience this time. We have days, weeks, months, and years that God has ordered this creation. There are seasons in Michigan, for instance, we have four very clear, distinct seasons. We are in a seasonal transition right now from summer to fall. It's happening, right? And there are, there are in our days, there are hours, there are minutes, there are seconds. We see things happening in time. But God is outside of time, and yet we are captured or limited by this time that we have in creation. In the midst of this, though, there are eternal truths outside of time and outside of our understanding in this physical room, or this world, that are actually in control. God's truth will prevail. And it's because of this that all truth originates with God. All truth um, in God is eternal and unchanging. And all truth is spiritual in origin. A created human does not get to determine truth for himself or herself. Truth comes from the pre-existent, eternal, all-powerful God who created us in his image and who has given us his breath for a time to enjoy fellowship with him. And as you know, because I say this often, we are not just these physical beings. We are actually made in the image of God and we are spirit. Our real life is our spiritual life. This body is temporary. I'm going to be getting a new one. So will you. So this skin, this, this uh, structure that I have right now is just containing my spirit for a short time. But I'm really a spirit. I'm really not just this physical body. When this body is done and it stops working or it's worn out, I'm not done. You're not done. I'm a spirit, right? So what's more important than anything else is our spiritual life in God. So this life that we refer to here really is a misnomer because our real life is not in the physical realm. Our real life 
is our eternal life in Christ and in eternity. Our real existence is beyond this physical and temporary experience. And when this life is over, we are still going to be living, but we will be living our true life free from all of this temporary brokenness, rebellion, evil, sickness, sadness, anger, competition, limits, weakness. We will be like Him. Amen? And we will have a full life and empty of sin. So, so the spiritual realm, the reason I'm saying all this is because the spiritual realm, which we often are less in tune with than we are with the physical, is actually the more important part of our life. And that's where all truth and all power comes from. And that's where faith resides. Faith is tapping into this higher authority, the plane of spiritual truths. Faith is bringing into this temporary, short-lived uh, limited space of time and creation and physical senses. Faith is bringing in eternal power, eternal truths to bear upon our temporary conditions. That's what faith is. And the spirit realm is in authority over the physical realm. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us of this. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not against one another. It's not against physical forces. Our struggle is not against the physical, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our real battle is in the spirit realm, the heavenly realm, right? So when things need to be changed in the physical, we need to do battle in the spiritual, right? We need to do battle by faith. That's why the Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. Tap into what God says. Uh, bring down God's authority. That's faith. That's living by faith. Faith sees differently. We're not just stuck on seeing the physical things around us. Faith sees beyond that into the spiritual truths that are operating. So faith is operating on the spiritual realm level, not the physical level. Faith is accessing the spiritual truths and applying them to the physical. Faith is believing the unseen over the seen. Faith is giving more power and credence to the unseen than to the seen. Well, this might be the case right now, but I'm telling you right now, by faith, I see something greater and it's going to change. That's, that's, that's faith is seeing something different, not with natural eyes, but spiritual eyes. And faith understands that the spiritual truths are more true and will outlast any temporary physical truths. And so Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must believe. Believe what? Well, believe something we don't see. We don't see God. But we have to see him with spiritual eyes. With our hearts, we need to believe in God. You can't please God without believing that God exists. The Bible says, and he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We are seeking something we can't see. But we see him all around. We see him in creation. We see him in new babies. We see him in the love of a, uh, that, the love that God gives to us for one another. We see him in a, all over the place. Right? We see his order in creation. We see his glory all over this world, even though this world is tainted and broken. We sense his love. We sense his presence. But we don't see him. But we see him by faith. The Bible says you can't 
please God, you can't even know God without faith, right? You can't be saved without faith. The core issue of faith is believing in God. It's not um, wishful thinking. It's not just uh, empty hope. It is a firm grasp that God exists. He's my creator. His truth prevails. He loves me. He's for me. And I am accepted into his family. There's a reality to that, even though we can't see it, that drives our life forward uh, today on this earth. The core issue of faith is believing in God and believing in his word. In spite of your feelings, in spite of your experiences, and in spite of your well-grounded opinions, <laughs> it all comes back to believing in God, believing in his word. Faith sees beyond the current circumstances into God's determined will. And faith comes, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. And so as we read the Bible and as, as we talk about God's word, that's where faith comes because God's word is true. And it helps us tap into these spiritual truths that are greater than the physical. And so I want to say a couple more things before I give you a couple of biblical stories to encourage you. Faith is seeing your spirit with your spiritual eyes what is spiritually true. And this causes you to believe for it to appear in the physical. Faith is understanding that the spiritual truth is greater than any temporary physical conditions or circumstances. Faith is confident that the spiritual realities will eventually overcome and swallow up the physical ones. And you see with your spiritual eyes, not with your physical eyes, these things. What you see with your physical eyes is not the final truth. It's only temporary. Faith causes you to have hope when the circumstances are temporarily out of alignment with the spiritual eyes that you cling to or the spiritual truths that you cling to. So, a couple of stories. Peter and Silas, this is in Acts chapter 16, found themselves in trouble. Uh, basically, or Paul, I'm sorry, Paul and Silas found themselves in trouble. Paul cast out a demon off of, a, of, of a, a young lady who was being used to tell people's futures by some, some other people, and that was they were making money off her. And they got really mad, they stirred up the whole crowd, and so they got the rulers to punish Paul and Silas. So it says here, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. This is verses 22 to 25. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged. Now, to be flogged is to take 39 lashes to your back. I mean, this is a brutal uh, punishment. Uh, many people died from this kind of punishment. So they were just being torn apart. It's the same thing that happened to Jesus, okay, in his back. And uh, Paul and Silas were flogged. They were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stock. So they're bleeding they're beaten up, they're, they're chained up, they're in the prison, in the innermost, most secure part of the prison. And, and if you're looking at those kind of circumstances, and you're Paul and you're Silas, what, you know, what is your response? <laughs> and Paul and Silas have a completely uh, spiritual response instead of a physical response. You'd think they'd be moaning, groaning, complaining, angry with God, you know, they're hurting, uh, they, they, they must have been in just horrible pain. And what do we see in the next verse that says about midnight? 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And they are seeing something by faith. They are not captive to their circumstances. Uh, they're not, uh, they're not uh, filled with fear. They're singing and they're praising God and they're praying to God and everybody in the jail are, are listening to them. And then all of a sudden, of course, there's a great story. You want to read the rest of it. God shows up. He shakes the prison. All the doors fly open. The chains come loose. And the, the Spirit of God, the power of God just shows up in the jail. A spiritual invasion of the physical. Their faith of praying to God, singing to God, not being caught up in the circumstances, but going straight into the spiritual realm, brought the power of God into their physical circumstances and broke the chains off of them. Threw open the prison doors. <laughs> Do you see the spiritual realm has authority over the physical realm? No problem. Absolute authority. Anytime God wants to do something, bam, he can do it. And Paul and Silas, their eyes were on, the, on God, on, on, on him. Their, their faith was on him. They weren't wallowing. They weren't complaining. Uh, they weren't going to be surrendered to fear. And they should be, right, in the natural. But they weren't. They were going into a different realm. And God showed up. The spiritual realm invaded their circumstances and changed it. And the, to make the, uh, you know, finish the story real quick, the jailer was petrified. He thought they had escaped. He was getting ready to kill himself because that, he was going to die anyway uh, because he let them go, um, even though it wasn't his fault. And yet, before he could kill himself, Paul yelled out to him, Stop! Don't do it! We're still here! We're still here! And then God saved the jailer, all of his family. The jailer took care of their wounds, took them home that night, Gave him a big meal, brought him back to the jail, and then the story continues. But that's uh, just such a great example of seeing something different. Faith sees differently our circumstances. We can see through them into a higher plane of what God wants to do. And God used those circumstances to bring salvation to that jailer and his whole family. Because Paul and Silas... We're, we're praying and worshiping, and they were focused on the spiritual realm. Another story is a famous one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they ticked off a, a king, Nebuchadnezzar, because he had built this big statue, and uh, he was trying to get everybody to worship this statue, which is a statue of himself. And, and they're like, oh, no, we're not doing that. We are, we are, our faith, our belief is in the one true God, and he's the only one that we will bow to. He's the only one that we will worship. And you can do whatever you want to do to us, but we are not going to do that. Our faith is in Him. And so this is what they said in Daniel chapter 3, verses, starting at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. You hear that? Faith. Listen, you throw us in this furnace, everybody else would think they would die and we say to you, eh, God can save us from that. God's greater than that. If he wants to, he'll save us. And if he doesn't, hey, we'll be with him in eternity. You got nothing on us because we serve a higher power. You may be king of the empire. You may have all these guards and all this power that you think you have. But you do not have ultimate authority over our lives. That belongs to God. Isn't that awesome? Faith sees differently. And when you see by faith, 
you act differently, you talk differently, you live differently, and you get different results. And that's what these guys are doing. And they said, if, if you throw us in the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, I love that. He's able to, and he will. And even if he doesn't, <laughs> that's faith speaking. We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up. So, of course, they throw them in. He's so mad. He says, stoke the fire. They stoked it seven times hotter than it was. And the guards who threw those guys in there, they died just because of the heat of the fire. They weren't even in it. They were just throwing them in there. And when they opened the door or whatever to throw them in, and they were throwing them in, they died. It was so hot. And then he's looking. The king is watching. And it says he leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they said, certainly, your majesty. And he said, well, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods, like an angel. And so they took him out and Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could be, will be cut into pieces and their houses turned into piles of rubble. Sounds like a violent man. <laughs> but then he finishes by saying this, For no other god can save in this way. Hallelujah. That's who we serve. That's who's with us. That's what faith sees. We're convinced of the things that we can't see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see, that God is with us. He is ultimately in authority and in power, and He can save us, and our faith is in Him, and He will save us. And even if He doesn't, we will still be saved in eternity with Him. This earth is temporary. These circumstances are temporary. We will not let these circumstances dictate to us how we think or how we believe or how we act. Faith sees differently, sees beyond these things and puts hope and trust in God and His truths, His word. And the final story I want to share with you is with Elisha and his servant are seeing angels around them. This is in 2 Kings chapter 6. Verses 8 to 23. To give you the backstory here, is the Aramean king has been trying to ambush the armies of Israel. He's trying to defeat them. And so he comes up with these plans and, and these plans to ambush or to attack or something. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit, gives Elisha the plans that the king has come up with and he shares them with the king of Israel. And so then the Israel army moves or they avoid that or they stay safe over here. And this happens time and time and time again until the Aramean king is like, who, who around me, which of you generals is betraying me? Who's telling my plans to the enemy? Because this, this can't be coincidence. This is happening over and over and over again. And one of the generals basically says, it's none of us, king. It's the prophet Elisha. He speaks to the king of Israel the words that you whisper in your bedroom. And so he's, I got to, let's get this guy. I'm, I can't take this anymore. So he is going to take his whole army and he's going to do a manhunt and he's going after Elisha. He says, where is he? He 
finds out he's in the city, Dothan. Well, go get him. So he sends an army to the city and the army comes and surrounds the city at night, just for one man, for Elisha. And Elisha's servant comes out to the entrance of the city gate in the morning and he looks out there and he sees with his natural eyes the enemy all around him, surrounding him. And he's freaking out. He's looking at the circumstances with his physical temporary eyes. And he's saying, we are goners, right? He tells uh, Elisha and Elisha's you know, responds to him. And he says this in verse 16, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elisha is seen with his spiritual eyes, a spiritual truth and a spiritual reality that is more powerful than the physical eyes are seen and the physical armies against him. And then Elisha prays. He says, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Not his physical eyes. Elisha's praying that his spiritual eyes will see. He will see into the spiritual realm what actually is going on. And it says, Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Wow! The army of the Lord was there all along and he couldn't see. With his natural eyes, he could not see them. What he saw with his natural eyes stirred up fear and, and uh, paralyzed him and freaked him out and he thought it was, all, it was all over. He was giving too much authority to the physical circumstances because he couldn't see by faith. He couldn't see into the spiritual realm until the Lord opened his spiritual eyes and all of a sudden he could see what was really going on. The horses and the chariots of fire. God's army protecting Elisha. What an amazing story. Elisha then um, asked the Lord to blind them, and he and his servant led the entire army into the Israelite territory, and they were captured. <laughs> it's, a, it's just God, the spiritual realm, is in authority over the physical realm. We see this in the life of Jesus. Everything he did was coming from the authority of heaven into the earth. Everything he said, whatever, whether it was a demon or whether it was the weather or whether it was a, a, a sickness, everything he said had to obey him because he was coming from a place of spiritual authority. And his faith, obviously, was in the spirit realm and the truths of God's word. What are you contending with? What circumstances are surrounding you? What has the enemy planned against you? What is trying to captivate your attention and infect you with fear? What are you looking at right now through the eyes of the natural eyes? Your capabilities, your resources, your limitations that you need to have the same thing happen that happened to Elisha's servant where your eyes are opened and you see through the eyes of faith. When I was a kid, one of my favorite cartoons was Underdog. I don't know if you know that cartoon. It was a long time ago. And one of the things he would say is, have no fear, underdog is here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's like a superhero kind of character. 
But I want to say to you, have no fear. The Lord is here. The Lord is near. Our eyes need to be on Him. He really is real. His power really is ultimate. And His eyes are upon you. And His Spirit is with you. And faith sees these things. Faith arises because we know that God is with us. He's for us. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is believing what the enemy is saying. Faith is believing what God is saying. The first mention of fear in the Bible is Genesis 3.10, right after Adam and Eve sinned. Right after they sinned, Adam is hiding from God. God comes, he's yelling from Adam, Adam, where are you, where are you, where are you? And then, and, and so what, what's going on? And he said, Adam said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Afraid. When you listen to the enemy, you will have fear. When you believe in the enemy and his definition of the circumstances, you will have fear and you will become cowardice. Believing in the devil's word produces fear and cowardice, but believing in God's word produces faith and courage. And courage. Faith propels us, fear paralyzes us. And the Lord, may you open our eyes so we can see. Lord, help us. Open our eyes to see the spiritual truths and the forces at play. Help us to put more weight in your word and more weight upon your presence and more weight upon the spiritual realm and who you are and who you've called us to be than the circumstances around us. Open our eyes, God, so we can see, so we can see what really is true because what's really true is what is eternal and what is coming from you, not what we see in the temporary realm of this physical world that we live in. Thank you, Lord. Faith is not intimidated by death because Faith is convinced of the resurrection unto life. Faith is preoccupied with eternity, not the temporary. Faith is focused on what will be, not what is. So how can you begin to see your life differently? How can you begin to live by faith in your current situation? How can you take new courage and hope and faith into your situation this week and be an overcomer? Listen, when you see by faith, you begin to live by faith. And when you are living by faith, you're speaking differently. You're seeing differently. You're acting differently, and you will see different results. You will see the kingdom of God come and the will of God being done on the earth in the temporary realm as it's already the will of God in the spiritual realm. Bring heaven to earth. Have faith in God. Build your faith by getting into the Word of God and seeing what He sees and believing what He says. Let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for this message. And I pray, Lord, for your words to just inspire us today. Let our faith arise. Let our hope arise. And I pray for the one that's listening right now. Lord, the same prayer that Elijah prayed for his servant. Oh, Lord, open our eyes that we may see. Lord, help us to realize that there are more with us than against us, that you are for us. And if you're for us, who can be against us? Let faith arise today, Lord. Let us see our circumstances differently. Let us see what your will is. Let us bring heaven to earth. Let us live by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let me pray a blessing on you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you peace in his name. Live by faith this week. Amen.